Hey, beautiful community. Hello, hello. Just checking in tonight for tonight's trigger-proof transmission here in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. If you're tuning in on replay, please hashtag replay and tell me your three biggest takeaways for tonight because tonight's going to be a spicy one. Hey, Jack, what's up, buddy? Just want to make sure that you can hear me okay. Tonight is going to be a spicy one. Comes, as always, with each of my trigger-proof transmissions, it comes with a trigger warning. Not doing it on purpose. Well, maybe, to be honest, maybe a little bit I'm doing it on purpose because most of the world, as you'll notice, is heavily triggered right now and we're trying to avoid them. Um, but the work that we're doing here and the community that uh, I'm kind of creating is we're flipping the script on our triggers. Our triggers reveal from our nervous system the wounding, the wounds that need our attention, the wounds that we're wise to explore and examine and get curious about and go into rather than running away from. Before I begin, I want you to let me know where are you listening from? Are you in Australia, New Zealand? Are you in North America? I'd love to know. Uh, where you're at because today we're going to be talking about five specific fantasies that we unconsciously hold on to that reveal areas of our lives where we're emotionally immature. Let me know if you can hear me, uh, if the sound is working okay. I'd love to get a little bit of uh, uh, just give me a shout out. Let me know if if this if this if thing this thing is working. If not, then I'll have to start this thing again. But I really don't want to go 20 minutes and then all of a sudden this thing wasn't working. So let me know if, if you can hear me okay. And then I'm going to, yes, it's good. Thank you, Maureen. All right. <clears throat> so there are, here's what happens. We're going to be talking about fantasies. Uh, I'm going to be talking about fantasies uh, that we hold on to that really reveal our emotional immaturity. And one of the things that I'm really big on teaching is that we have two two minds to us, okay? We have our adult mind, our neocortex, and we have our child mind. Some call it the wounded inner child, the younger self, whatever you want to call it. Based on the traumas that we've gone through, our bodies become frozen. Our minds and our bodies and our emotions become frozen to those parts of us that were traumatized as children. Uh, there's a younger self, various stages of our younger self that's literally following us everywhere we go. And how do we know they show up? They show up when we get triggered. And it's really interesting because you know somebody, if you're, or maybe even yourself, you've observed their behavior. I remember somebody calling me one time, go, can you help my husband? Like he's acting like a child. Or one of my patients is a uh, divorce attorney and he's just like, I'm like, what's it like at work dealing with these people going through divorce? He's like, it's like dealing with little children. And it's very accurate. That's a very accurate statement. Uh, it's because whenever we get triggered, what happens is we go into our primitive centers, our old wounding. We simply regress back to a little kid. You know, uh, the, the three-year-old's self will show up or an eight-year-old self will show up. These triggers basically reveal that. And so it shows up the most in our relationships. And I wanted to give you a few things. You're going to definitely want to write this down because this is very relevant for you to, to look at. Because when you understand this, you now get that 
the work where the work uh, begins and where the work uh, is next is meant to be uh, focused on and this is really my goal and by the end of today you're gonna see uh, yourself from a completely different perspective so I so I'm gonna get you to write it down I'm gonna get you to write write down the um, uh, take some notes here on on the five fantasies that we hold on to so basically our childhood wounding causes us to regress we we, we become wounded we go uh, you know when we hadn't got our needs met in a certain certain way we didn't get our seen we didn't get heard i'm not just talking about trauma with a capital t like physical abuse sexual abuse of course that that's there i'm talking about when a child doesn't feel seen doesn't have their reality um, validated when uh, big emotions come up and a, and a parent says you know stuff it down the these wounds whole are are kind of stored in our bodies and this wounding is so painful that what happens is we unconsciously flip those wounds around and we create a fantasy uh, for our lives and many of us from my observation working with people is that we don't actually get over these fantasies we actually live with them and they show up unconsciously and I'm gonna show show you the five most common ones that I've seen and I want you to let me know if any of this resonates with you so please write in the comment section if any of it resonates with you okay so the essentially the woundings that we have the traumas that we have um, you know your reality you have a narcissistic mother or father and you just didn't feel seen and heard or there was a divorce that happened and your egocentric self makes it about you what ends up happening is you start to act out in different ways and you develop a sense of low self-worth a distorted body image there's this fear of criticism that happens fear of change and a very big fear of abandonment and this is characteristic of our childhood wounding we have fear of criticism fear of change like want to do good want to be right you're terrified of getting it wrong so these wounds create fantasies now let me know if any of these five fantasies resonate with you so number one fantasy and please if if, if you're kind of listening in I'd love for you to write it out in the in the comment section so that we could kind of see any of these that resonate with you fantasy number one that reveals our emotional immaturity and this is the one is I can get my mom and dad to love me the way I've always wanted that's fantasy number one I can somehow get my mom and dad to love me the way I've always wanted to this day I still catch myself having that you know it's like even during Mother's Day having a conversation with my mother I remember trying to be trying to say something and then all of a sudden the familiar nope it didn't happen that way like kind of like a gaslighting nope your reality wasn't valid it's kind of going into defensive immediately I caught myself having the fantasy that oh I even catch it sometimes let me know if you can relate that I can get my mom and dad to love me and see me the way that I've always wanted that's fantasy number one and when we don't heal that fantasy we don't heal that wound we still are constantly looking for mom and we we constantly butt heads with mom 
okay, or dad. We constantly do because there's that little child within us that just wants to be seen the way we wanted. And most of the time, especially with parents who have their own traumas and they haven't done their own inner healing work, they're not able to see themselves, let alone to see you and love you the way that you expect. So that's a very in good indicator of uh, of a wounded inner child looking for your work. And I'm going to tell you exactly how to, how to solve this afterwards. But that's number one is I can get mom and dad to love me the way I've always wanted. Number two, uh, uh, fantasy. Fantasy number two is I can change him or her. Fantasy number two is I can change him or her. And that goes along with that that wounded part of us, that wounded part of us that wanted mom and dad's approval, that wanted to be seen by mom and dad or dad, will then get into relationships with very similar wounding patterns as our mother or father. They will trigger us and we will still live in the fantasy unconsciously that I'll just, I'll just, I'll fix them, I'll change them. Let me know if that resonates with you, if you can resonate with that one. I can fix him, I can change him. Number three, okay, is my partner will rescue me and make me feel worthy. Fantasy number three, my partner will rescue me and make me feel worthy. And then what happens? We get into this relationship and it's all hot and heavy in the first few months. And then lo and behold, six months later, one year later, the attachment starts to happen primary wounding comes up for both parties. You don't have the skills to be able to navigate your triggers. You don't know how to go inside. You don't know how to heal that wounded inner child. You don't know how to communicate empathically with yourself and the other person. Lo and behold, they didn't really rescue you and make you feel worthy the way that you had expected. Wrong person. Let's leave this relationship or just complain endlessly until they you know, they're like, I'm done because that's their part of their wounding too. And then you go and meet somebody else and the same damn pattern with a different haircut. That's basically what will happen. So that's number three. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the overview experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time is my partner will rescue me and make me feel worthy. Okay, so emo fantasy number four, fantasy number four that reveals our emotional immaturity is, 
Here's a, here's a big one I see consistently with the clients that we work with in our program right away, boom. It's like within the first couple of weeks of working with, with, with uh, our clients, we get people to kind of like identify and start to audit their thoughts and their thinking. And it will blow your mind, well, probably won't, you'll, you'll probably see yourself in this, is that how horrible and miserable we are with ourselves, how much we beat ourselves up. Oh, I did that wrong. Oh, I got that wrong. Oh, I didn't do my morning rituals. Oh my gosh, I screwed up there. Oh, I'm just not getting it right. I'm just such a failure, right? And here's the fantasy. This comes from a wounding, is that if I judge and criticize myself, then I can finally get myself to behave the way, behave differently. If I judge and criticize myself, here's the fantasy, if I can just keep judging and criticizing myself, then I can finally get myself to behave and act differently. That's the fantasy. Is like, so what happens is when we don't really integrate this, we're consistently nonstop beating ourselves up and thinking that we're doing ourselves a service. We think that we can beat ourselves up and that'll be very motivating. It, it works completely opposite. This is a sign that your wounded inner child, there's a wound there that hasn't yet been integrated. Because when you do, you make mistakes, but you don't start screaming at yourself. This usually comes from a wounding, let me give you an example, where you make a mistake, uh, you spill a drink on the floor, and all of a sudden your mother turns to you or your father turns to you because of their reactivity. Why did you do that? And all of a sudden, boom, this three-year-old, four-year-old self feels ashamed, feels unworthy. And boom, that becomes the way you treat yourself. You start to parent yourself the way you're parented. And so you're constantly beating yourself up. I remember I would show up late for things and my dad would be super duper reactive. He would raise his voice. And so every time, even if I were to get a flat tire, I started noticing this with myself. I'm driving and I'll get a flat tire and I'll start to really be critical of myself. I'll start to be like, ah, oh, you're such an idiot. And I'm like, wait a second. When I started doing the deep inner work like this, I started looking at myself going, wait, why? Like, the tire was flattened like why does that have anything to do with me and it wasn't until I really did that deep inner work and I saw that the criticism that I would have from my mother and father when things would go wrong like that wasn't about my um, stupidity it wasn't about my um, unworthiness it was based on their self-criticism their judgment this is why this is so important because if you don't heal this, you will pass this on to your children unequivocally. And it's not because you're a terrible parent, it's because it's unconscious. You're so hypercritical of yourself. You're beating yourself up so much that when your child makes a simple error, simple mistake, you make it about you. You turn around and you start going hard on them and boom, the trauma, the, the, the invalidation of self, the self-abandonment gets passed down completely unbeknownst to you. You didn't even know that you did it. You didn't even know that it was done to you, but it's all stuck in your body. It's just there. It's stuck in your body. This is a sign when you're so hard on yourself, it's a sign that you have some deep inner work healing to do. 
and that work is with the younger part of yourself that you abandoned because the fantasy is if I judge and criticize myself then I can finally get myself to behave properly God I'm such an idiot God I'm stupid God I'm that like you're this is happening nonstop. And when we start working with our clients and we do our um, inner child meditation and breath work and all of that stuff, people are like, this is weird talking to myself. And then my, my answer to them is always the same. Yes, it feels weird to talk to myself. I remember first time I did it looking in the mirror, talking you know, differently to myself, having a new narrative. And then I realized how much throughout a day I'm already talking shit to myself how much in my day I'm already being an asshole to myself. So for me to just turn that script around and be more uh, compassionate towards myself, ooh, there's such a big problem with that. Ooh, it's, it just feels so weird. Exactly, it feels so weird to talk, to talk nicely to myself versus beat the crap out of myself because the fantasy is if I'm an asshole and I'm tough love to myself, then that's gonna change my behavior the exact opposite tr is true. That's fantasy number four. If you're just jumping on, I really do recommend you go back and, and, and watch some of these um, uh, fantasies. Like they're really important. Number five, fantasy number five that reveals my emotional immaturity is if I judge and criticize someone else, my partner, my ex, my kid, then I can get them to behave differently. If I judge and criticize someone else, maybe I can get them to behave differently. Well, it doesn't work that way. Shaming somebody into shifting their behavior does not work. I've, I've learned a lot simply by being a mentor and a coach. When I shame someone for not showing up on a group call or I'm, I'm late. It actually perpetuates the self, the narrative of I'm not enough. But if I can join them where they're at, there's different ways of doing it. When I really took on the work of healing with my younger self, uh, body-based, somatic-based healing, the narrative, the way that I talked to myself was totally different. And of course, the way that I talked to myself was different than the way that I started speaking to others became different because I started seeing people through their wounding. Before, I would try to change their behavior through judgment, criticism, blame, shame. It just doesn't work that way. Once I took on the, the healing work myself and I did the deep inner work for myself, all of a sudden I was able to look at them differently and I could actually talk to them completely different and, and join them because I started seeing everybody through the lens of their own wounding. Dini, hey, what's up? I saw your post today and um, I have something really valuable for you. Um, I'd love to, to, to share it maybe on a different training. You brought up a, a big piece because of a past wounding when you were bullied in in school with one of the uh, volunteers at school and you know uh, I, I really saw the wounding of your younger self there and to, to offer that you um, the resentment you're holding on to is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die 
resentment is like taking poison expecting the other person to die and what I discovered this is a quote that came to me is that the highest form of forgiveness is the authentic recognition that everything served you and there is nothing to forgive and that's not easy to do many people won't even venture there many people want to stay play the victim and you know and to to make another person wrong which I completely understand you're well within your right I'm just offering an upgrade to people this is what what I'm offering here is an upgraded view which involves some work but to get your a felt sense of love and gratitude for it actually heals you grows you and transcends you and you start to climb the ladder of life when you're able to do that it's not easy but that's basically the net result of the work of what we teach here in uh, as far as you know the overview method goes is that the resentments that I'm holding on to for the things that I wish were different for the people that I wanted to change throughout my life are it's like um, rocks in my backpack and it's actually impacting my health anxiety levels um, cortisol levels and what's what's available to you is complete freedom if you're willing to go there and do the work. It's, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's totally uh, available to you. So those are the five, the five um, fantasies. Now, fantasy, I'm going to go over it again. Fantasy number one is I can get my mom and dad to love me the way that I've always wanted. It's a fantasy. They love you. Your, your work, the healing work, is not to try to get them to love you the way you've always wanted. It's to love the way that they love and appreciate the way that they have. That shifts the game more than ever. Okay, That's a sign of growth. But immature, our emotional immaturity, our wounded younger self says, I just want them finally. And you can be in your 50s still wanting it. It's still it's a fantasy. Number two is I can change him or her. That's part of that narrative that comes from childhood. Oh, I'm going to date this person and I'm going to change them. That is a fantasy that's revealing your emotional immaturity. Number three is my partner will rescue me and make me feel worthy. And when the problem with that is that when they don't, nothing they do will ever be enough, especially if you don't know how to give it to you. And number four, if I judge and criticize myself, I can get myself to finally behave differently. It doesn't work that way. You must shift the, flip the script uh, and in order for behavioral change to happen. It doesn't happen through blaming, judging, criticizing yourself. It happens completely the opposite. And number five, if I judge and criticize somebody else enough, then finally I can get them to behave differently. These are all um, fantasies that reveal that we have um, emotional immaturity, that we're not yet there, uh, that there's a younger self, the emotional brain, the child mind, that's not integrated with the adult mind. And our work, our healing work, what I've discovered is no healing is complete until you've integrated the adult mind and the child mind together. And that can't be done by a therapist. That can't be done by a counselor. That must be done by you. You can be guided towards it, but it must be done by you and you can't override that. And so uh, this is what the, the work is. And becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. It means knowing that every trigger that's coming up comes from that wound. And instead of going, oh, I'm triggered, stay away from me, it's wiser to go, oh, I'm triggered, 
I'm curious where that comes from and to find the tools and the system that helps you go back and fill the cracks in the floorboard so that you can then emotionally mature because when you do all of a sudden you start transcending the need for approval externally your relationships with mom and dad start to change when you've transcended the need for that childish part of you that needs their approval, that needs to be seen by them, where it's not available, especially if they haven't done their deep inner work, chances are they haven't, it wasn't available to them. And quite frankly, it's quite scary. But um, when you do, you break the cycle. You stop it from getting passed down to your children. Because what you don't realize is those wounds, those beliefs about yourself, come up in your triggers and when your children bring them up you download them onto you through your reactivity and so the ultimate why behind why I do what I do is I stand for healed families if I wasn't if I didn't do this I wouldn't be able to have a relationship with my parents I would still be wanting them to finally see me and hear me even in my fucking 40s <laughs> it doesn't matter how old you are the Persian or the Greek or uh, Asian or whatever they got this like this is a big this is a big thing for us <laughs> we badly want it and and the thing is is it's not available from from the from the the way that we expect it but when you start to shift your perspective and heal your wounds immediately you start what we notice our clients have had a completely different uh, relationship with their with their family one amazing example is uh, a, a Greek gal who was like look my mom is a part of my life I have a son but I'm avoiding I'm beautiful family uh, I have a mom and dad but I just can't handle my mom she triggers the shit out of me I can't get rid of her out of my life but and this is around September October and so when we got when I got on a call with her she said I said all right so what what does it look like what does it look like like a, a successful outcome working doing the work what what would it look like paint the picture for me she said I want to be able to excuse me I want to be able to go for Christmas and I want to be able to hang, hang out with my mom for Christmas and just not want to tear my hair out and lo and behold she went back and emotionally matured how do we emotionally mature we go from the child mind the emotional brain and the adult brain we integrate them together by getting a felt sense body-based connection and it's weird it sounds weird it was totally strange being a demartini facilitator to start to do this work because I, I'm always in my head this this involves you going into the body and healing it because this isn't a cognitive process a lot of the old traumas that you had growing up happened probably before you even you were even had language before you were even verbal this is pre-verbal so what that means is like you don't even know it's there it's kind of like if I was in the room and I heard my father raise his voice and like scream my name I literally would feel my body just tense up and that's not a cognitive process I didn't think oh that's scary no my body naturally will go into that that's trauma in the body Okay, and it's very common and if we don't heal it, it gets passed down unconsciously, not because you're a bad father. Hey Susan, not because you're a bad father, it's because you you basically like it it's traumatized in the body. <laughs> it's there. So um that's basically what I'm here to help transform. Because if you take on the work, then you 
you break the cycle for future generations. The reason why I'm really interested in this is because I'm about to have a baby in October. During COVID time, I know that my connection with my wife right now, uh, the, 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 the connection that I have, not just now when, when my baby's an embryo uh, or a fetus, but throughout childhood, the connection that I have, that your parents have together, create a sense, if it's a deep connection, it creates a sense of safety for the child and it lowers their chances of anxiety, chronic illness. This trauma, childhood adverse childhood events, pretty much set the stage for your health throughout your entire life. This is a huge responsibility. That's why I've created this community. It's for selfish reasons because I want my family to be involved in a community where people feel seen and heard. They know how to communicate with one another without um, overly reactive kind of traumas being passed down and I knew that I had to take responsibility for mine uh, for my own uh, and uh, the way that you do that is becoming response able ability to respond when you do you expand that space between stimulus and response so if you get stimulus and all of a sudden your body goes into response and you don't know how to manage it you then react you don't have an ability to create your life you don't have an ability to regulate your emotions you don't have an ability to manage relationships and relationships fall apart and god knows that i've gone through that enough to know that in the second half of my life i want to be the one that chooses my reality rather than having my triggers choose my reality for me so if this is re uh, this resonates with you, I'd love to invite you to come join us for our inner child meditation and breath work that's coming up a week from Sunday. It's only 20 bucks US. It's a three hour workshop that uh, there's going to be about 50 people around the world. Last time we had about 55 people, time before we had about 80. Um, people from all over the world, like from Africa, from Europe, Australia, New Zealand, North America, Canada, United States, all getting together for the purpose of me going through some background of our child mind and our uh, our adult mind, and going through the, the kind of the details of what the what the meditation really is. What's the intention of of doing that meditation? And then after we do this inner child meditation, one one gentleman, I don't know uh, Ryan, if you're still here, uh, he basically was like his mind was blown he goes i haven't cried this much in like in 10 20 years a lot of us have so many of our tears based on what's going on with covid our nervous systems are in a fight or flight or freeze and so this workshop is a a way that the community gets together and we just work on connecting to the younger parts of us that we've abandoned and then going into a breath work which is a one hour breathing meditation with me guiding you kind of like a journey like a ayahuasca journey but with no drugs <laughs> and uh, no vomiting and I uh, I'm guiding you there's beautiful music uh, you know you're encouraged to move through your tears you're encouraged to move your body you're encouraged to have sound and so that will help regulate your entire nervous system and get that younger immature emotionally immature part of you to integrate with your wise awakened inner parent so why is that important well so that you'll be able to regulate your anxiety so that you'll be able to 
get triggered and not go into attack mode or shutdown mode. You'll be able to actually resource yourself. You'll be able to regulate that amped up anxiety and nervous system. You'll be able to self-assess and then be able to know exactly how to take care of you rather than be so reliant on other people to rescue you. That's our kind of wounded inner child talking. Hopefully that was uh, relevant for you. Let me know if you have any questions about this and uh, looking forward to seeing you a week from Sunday. And if you have any questions tomorrow, I'm gonna drop some uh, content about creating secure attachments and what happens during an argument with two people and how do you resource yourself uh, to help you with secure attachments. This is really what this whole conversation is all about. Let me know what was the most relevant for you in this training, and I'll see you at the next perfect time. The link is in the comment section.